Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us every week at the same time on this program. We are on several times a week on several networks, so if you miss this program, you can tune in again, uh, perhaps at a different network. Uh, the full listing of uh, channels and networks we are on is on our website, and uh, you can go there at any time and uh, find out when and where we are on. Also, I would like to tell you that you can go back to our YouTube page. This will be the sixth program that I have filmed uh, with my son, Jeremy, who is my guest again this week. We, he has been my guest for the last uh, five weeks. This will be the sixth week he has been my guest, and we have been progressing unpacking some things and if you missed any of the programs you'd like to go back and see you know what we built to this point you can go to YouTube and watch them at any time on demand on uh, your computer your smartphone anything that gets YouTube uh, Roku any of those things uh, so you could do that and we encourage you to do it also you can go to iTunes and sign up for our podcast and you will get the audio feeds of all of the programs that are uh, there that we've archived on our TV program you can get the audio portions of it also uh, there's an RSS feed the best way to do that is simply to go to our website and there are links from there uh, directly to it. I might mention this as well because I very rarely do, but it's, it's kind of important, and that is that we have a message of the month club that you can sign up for, and it is a CD that I send out from somewhere we've preached somewhere in the world uh, during uh, one of our recent meetings, and uh, you will get that message of the month. It is $7 a month or $70 a year, and that is part of our uh, partner base that helps us to be able to touch an awful lot of people through the power of television. So uh, it will also give you updates on our itinerary, and we promise we won't barrage you with a bunch of information to just try to keep on manipulating you into giving. We believe the Holy Spirit's able to teach you and uh, lead you to uh, do that. Uh, it's been an awesome time to have my son Jeremy on the program. It is, uh, again, Jeremy, a great joy to have you on here. And we've been talking about in the last segment, especially identity, and how that when Jesus came up out of the river of Jordan, he was immediately tempted by the devil, and the devil tempted him in the same way he tempted the first Adam, and that is to move out of his true identity and act based on something that would prove or that would give him identity. In other words, he said to, to Adam, Satan did, uh, he said, in the moment you eat this tree, you will make yourself like God. What Adam should have done is turn around and said to the devil, I'm already like God. Get out of my face. I was created in the image and likeness of God. Yep. Jesus comes all the way back 4,000 years later. Adam has a garden, and now Jesus shows up in a wilderness. Why a wilderness? Because a wilderness is an unkept garden, and what God told the first Adam to do was guard and keep this garden. You are blessed to be a blessing you are blessed to take what's in this garden and have dominion and subdue the earth. Jesus is now restoring that same thing as he preaches the gospel of the kingdom, having dominion and subduing the earth. And he is coming with all authority over sickness, disease, unclean spirits. But he functions 
out of a identity of knowing who his father is. Because when the devil says to him, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Jesus said, man will not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word that just proceeded from the mouth of God was, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. And then of course there are tests that we talked about, especially last week, of identity. If you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. And I talked about how temptation comes and testing comes, even in the life of ministry, mm-hmm. where if you are doing ministry to prove who you are, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to get wore out in this machine. And I, and I mean, it is, you know, behind the scenes sometimes. Uh, a machine of egos and uh, who's who in the zoo and uh, you know how big is your ministry and it's about nickels and noses rather than about people but when Jesus comes through that he comes out in the power of the spirit but I'm going to read this but the emphasis that I want to make make, uh, probably on this program is we'll we'll flow wherever it goes but when Jesus comes up out of uh, that testing and he comes up out of that, uh, you know, wilderness testing. He is now coming out in the power of the Spirit. It says uh, in verse number 14 of Matthew 4 that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, here's the central theme of his whole ministry. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think, because the moment you change the way you think, you access the kingdom. And we've talked about the kingdom. There's so much things that can be said. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Going on from thence, you know, he saw two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their fathers, mending their nets. And he called them, and they immediately left the ship, and their followed, followed him. And Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases, torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond the river. The emphasis that I felt like making a little bit on this is the people Jesus called were ordinary people. They were fishermen. They were not the first ones drafted. They were the last ones picked probably on the football team. They were the uh, uh, tax collectors that everybody hated. And, uh, you know, uh, it seems like God loves the underdog. (laughs) Seems like he picks ordinary people. And that's that's the emphasis that I want to kind of make today, at least starting today on the program, if he calls ordinary people. There's probably a lot of ordinary people today sitting there listening to us thinking, man, you know, you guys got a great ministry on TV, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I say sometimes the most noble ministry you can have is a mom yep. who raises her kids, or a dad who's a stay-at-home dad who raises their kids to love Jesus and to serve in the kingdom of God, because all through the Scripture, it was about, you know, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Abraham had a family. Yep. 
Noah preached 120 years, I believe it was, saved eight souls. He had a family. But the families of the earth changed the course of human history. God calls ordinary people just like you. You may think, well, I'm not doing anything great. Let me tell you something. Don't ever measure yourself by somebody else. Jesus called fishermen, and he called tax collectors. He called all kinds of people, and he used them. Jump in there. Uh, you know, I was one of the things for me is that uh, although on the program I'm always serious, most of the time I'm, you know, I, I find the humor in things. I am that way too. <clears throat> And as I was reading this, I was reading this this chapter before, you know, uh, earlier this morning, and I was just reading that first part where it says, uh, and Jesus, you know, had fasted for 40 days, and afterwards he was hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, when I was reading it, it just caught me funny because that's, you know, that's really, for me, I've, you know, I've heard people, you know, and, and, and I, I'm not by any means, if, if, uh, you fast or anything. I'm not taking anything away from that, because I've heard I've heard people tell great things like, "Oh yeah, I fasted," and then you know, like this miracle happened or something. Usually for me, after I've fasted, I've just been hungry. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I thought it was kind. Of, it was just that's not just afterward, but during. Yeah, during and, and even beforehand, because yeah. I you know I like to eat and <laughs> uh, so it just, you know it struck me as funny. And the thing was that that I struck me about it was that. That whole, uh, the, the fasting and even the whole wilderness temptation didn't, uh, it, it really didn't necessarily change anything about Jesus. It just showed that his identity was settled. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the, the fasting didn't make Jesus any more uh, holy, and it didn't make God more pr- any more proud of him. God was proud of him before he ever went and fasted, yep. before he ever was tempted, uh, any of that. You yep. know, it just, uh, so, you know, it was, just, I think that was, you know, when I read that, that's kind of what that scripture struck me, is that this stuff didn't make him any more uh, a better minister or, you know, any more holy. It just, afterwards, he was hungry. And he just wanted something to eat, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think, you know, and I, and the reason I say that is because when you talk about God chooses these ordinary people, these fishermen, these guys, uh, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, uh, you know, you could last I've, in the last program we kind of talked to ministers a little bit, you know, and just talked about, you know, um, just staying true to your identity yeah. and, and, and the DNA of what you feel like God called you to do with ministry. And I feel like this, you know, this program we're we're kind of just talking to uh, people that are not in ministry. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they hear people fasting and praying and, and, and usually probably their response is that, dude, I'm just hungry. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, w- I would love to do all that stuff. But, you know, and even, you know, the, the giving themselves sometimes in, you know, because you, 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 there's a lot of churches and you, you know as well as I do that there's, uh, there's a lot of churches and it's like there's a program or there's something going on every night and there's something you got to be a part of, something you got to do. And there's a lot of people that they, they, they want to be a part, but they don't have the part to be there every night. Yeah. You know, and one of the things we've made people do is feel guilty because they can't be there mm-hmm. for every program we're doing and every, you know, special service and every a special event that's going on. And that, you know, because there's other things in life that are happening. And... Uh, but I think there's something about, you know, when I think of that, because I, I know one of the dilemmas that we've talked about, and there's a lot of, even in the church, is that uh, the dilemma of church is that people go, 
yeah, I'm tired of all those programs. I'm tired of having to be there all the time. And I just want to be on my fishing boat. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's become almost to a point where uh, they're not there at all. Mm -hmm. Because they're it's everywhere. It's the opposite extreme. Uh, but as we've been talking the last several weeks, even as we've been talking about, you know, trusting the Holy Spirit that's been given to you and, you know, letting the Holy Spirit work in our lives to lead and guide us. Uh, there was something about these ordinary men when Jesus came down and he began to say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There was something, you know, I think it's funny that when he talked to the sons of Zebedee, they left their father on the boat. You know, and this was their family business. This wasn't just like, you know, this wasn't just like a job and they just said, oh, I'm going to quit this job. This was their, this was their inheritance, really. It was something that w their father was, was showing them so that he could one day turn over to them. Mm -hmm. This wasn't just, you know, uh, something they enjoyed to do. This was something of their livelihood. Yeah. Uh, but that was how was, their culture functioned. That's well. how their culture yeah. functioned yeah. and probably how they even ate. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. these, I would say these were probably... I wouldn't say they were poor men, but I would say they probably were not wealthy men either. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're probably like, you know, the rest of us. They're, they go to work job, they're making a living, they're doing what they can to get by. Uh, but there was something about when, when Jesus spoke that would cause them to go, there's something about him that's more important even than what this is. This, this may, like I said, this wasn't just a job. This was something that was important yeah. to their family, to their livelihood, to their father. But when Jesus spoke, it said they left their father and followed after Jesus. Uh, there's something that, you know, I think sometimes we have, we've so shifted away from the legalism because legalism did rob us of our life. Mm -hmm. But we've also, we've almost ran so far away from uh, the things of God that uh, we're, not, we're not obedient to the voice when it's spoken. And, you know, I think one of the things we need to understand is that, yes, God does speak to ordinary, like you said, God speaks to ordinary people. But we also have to have an ear that's open to it. You know, I, I don't necessarily, I think there, you know, like I said, I think there's times where we hear, let me, let me say, let me see if I can say it more clearly. There are things that were in legalism that we did that really left us hungry. Yeah. Afterwards, we were hungry. Yeah. And it, it didn't make us any more Christian, didn't make us any more. All it did was give us something that wore us out. Yeah. And afterwards, we were just glad that that was over. Yeah. Uh, but there's something, I think, that needs to be settled in some of our hearts to be open again to hear the voice of the Lord. I think, you know, one of the things we've been speaking over the last several weeks is really being obedient to hearing the voice of the Lord for ourselves and being open for that Holy Spirit to begin to prompt and direct us and lead us. Rather, we're pastors, ordinary people, whatever it is, you know, rather, you know, what, whatever walk of life we come from, to begin to trust this inner voice that's in us that begin, that's wanting to touch the world and make it a better place. That uh, there are some things that I believe that when we become open to hearing the voice of the Lord, it's going to cause us to maybe leave some stuff we've been used to. But in the end, it doesn't leave us empty. I think that's been the fear of a lot of people that said, you know what, I, I, I gave myself to church my whole life. Now I'm just ready to go fishing. You know, I, I, I'm tired. You know, I went to church every night of the week for a long time. Now I'm not under the law. Now I'm under grace, and I, I'm just going. I'm going to go fishing. I'm not going back. You know, I don't want. I don't need to go to church because I can have a relationship with God out here on this fishing boat. There, there's truth to that. 
You know, I'm not, I'm not taken away from that. There's truth to that. Mm -hmm. But there's also, I, I think that in doing, sometimes doing that, we sometimes walk away from a place where we can hear the voice of the Lord that's not going to leave us empty. It's not going to leave us hungry anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, uh, the Lord is beginning to speak to some hearts and, and wants to speak to some hearts. Uh, even in this, this atmosphere of grace, that's not uh, a legalistic voice that's going to, like I said, leave you hungry after 40 days. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be something that's going to fulfill you and give you even a greater purpose. Yeah, uh, That's what happens. Even though these guys left their father Zebedee, it gave them a greater purpose in following Jesus, that they were guys that, you know, one of the sons of Zebedee was John, who, you know, wrote many of the books of the New Testament and even the book of the Reve book of Revelation. And his focus began to talk about, man, the love of God, which was not, you know, and the love of the Father. And he began to relate to, to God as a Father. And he began to relate to Jesus as, you know, John would always refer to himself as the, the disciple, disciple who Jesus, Jesus loved. loved. There was something about... Uh, you know, John could have very easily stayed on that boat, and he probably would have had a livelihood. Probably would have successful business. successful business. Could have went through life, no big deal, nothing changed for him. But when he listened to that voice and began to follow Jesus, something there was a greater purpose that began to take place in, in John's life that led him on a journey, and where he saw, you know, probably if he'd have stayed on that boat, all he was saw was nets and fish. Yep. But by following Jesus, he saw blind eyes open. He saw lame walk. He saw, he saw the dead raised. He saw Jesus transfigured in front of him. He saw the, he saw, uh, the kingdom of the God, kingdom of God and, 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 and the, the heavens open to him in the book of Revelation. He saw, he's the one who saw the new heaven and the new earth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he saw the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. He, that's what he saw. He didn't just see fish and nets, but he began to see the kingdom in manifestation. And I think if, if those of us that have at times walked away from church because there was because we were we fasted for 40 days and all it did was leave us hungry, I think if we begin to open up again to a place where God can begin to speak some real stuff and begin to lead us on a journey, what we're going to find is a journey that's going to lead us to some great discovery. Uh, it just happens that we have to begin to change our mind. You know, one of the things we've been talking the last several weeks too is this repentance, this change of mind to begin to be open to come and see, to look again yep. at what God is doing in the earth. Absolutely. And I, I think too, what, it's interesting uh, that, you know, these men were fishermen, different things like that. But I heard somebody preach a message back some time ago, and they were talking about how, you know, as a Jewish child, mm -hmm. you would learn... You would you would commit to memory the first five books of the Bible, and you would have to memorize from Genesis, Exodus, yep. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That would be just that's your primary school. Yep. And so, but if you were the best of the best, you would get chosen then to go on to the next level of school. If you weren't, this was all you. This is all the education you received. But then you would move on to the next level of school, which would be kind of like college. Mm -hmm. And then, if you were the best of the best or the cream of the crop, then you would be chosen by a rabbi to follow him. You didn't choose him; he chose you. Yep. And so these guys went fishing because they weren't the best of the best. <laughs> they didn't make the cut. Yep. They made it through primary school, lucky to make it through there. Yep. But here they are. And here's the greatest of all rabbis, Jesus, who comes and says, follow me. It's kind of like, man, 
I've been chosen. You know, yeah. in other words, he we didn't choose him, he chose us. Yeah. But not only did he choose them, so they're, you know, he's choosing that's what I love about the Lord. He chooses people that nobody else would necessarily choose. Sometimes I see some of the most uh, you know, the most effective people of the world are not the ones who everybody knows their names. Yeah. I think of my, my own dad again. We talked about him in the last program, but he was not per se a great preacher. He was not well known. He was not famous. But he he touched more people, uh, you know, than than most people realize, and and was more effective. He, although he didn't pastor a big church, he raised his family, and his family's touched in the world, and not just that, but you know, uh, the people he affected. That are uh, multiple numbers of ministry were raised and mentored by my dad, who taught him more about integrity, how to hear from God, how to hear from God for yourself, yeah. how to enjoy the journey more than anything. That's that was his primary focus. But then the next thing that I thought about was, you know, uh, my my pastor of my church, Word of Deliverance in Berkeley Springs, which, by the way, if you live anywhere near Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, you ought to go. Uh, my pastor is the senior pastor of the church that I attend is now my sister, who is younger than I am. Her and her husband, Dan, pastor of the church of Word of Deliverance. But she preached a message not long ago called uh, Find Your Slingshot. And she talked about how David was like, you know, he couldn't he couldn't walk in the steps of Saul's armor. Yep. And she said, "You got to find your slingshot." And I and, and I thought this is a powerful thought because in other words, you got to find what works for you. Yeah. Everybody else is trying to fill somebody else's shoes, trying to cut and paste what we saw somebody else do. We call that our vision. A lot of that's insecurity because we don't want to be original and do what God told us to do. So we we see something working for you. We read your book. We're going to go do it. Maybe God didn't tell me to do it. You got to find your slingshot. Yep. You got to find what works for you. And so, uh, you know, David had a slingshot. But I was thinking as I said that, he also said, you know, one day Jesus is about to preach and he gets in a boat. And he goes out into that boat and he preaches from that boat. And so while you were talking about that and you were talking about, you know, you got guys who say, I just want to go fishing. Well, use your boat. Yeah. You might have found your slingshot. <laughs> now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be part of the local church because I believe it has swung to the Absolutely. other side. And we don't have people that have a passion to be in the house of God. And their children are the victims. Yeah. There's something important about having your children in church. There's something important about being faithful. There's something important about being committed and showing and modeling that to your children. Now, I'm not talking about so legalistic that everything is, you, you know, uh, so bad that we're robbed of everything. But yeah. we've let everything get in the way. We used to be, they didn't let, you know, we, there was no such thing as football practice on Sunday. You know, and, and but now our kids don't go to church, they go to football practice. If I were a parent, I'd say my child's not playing if it has to practice on Sunday. I just put my foot down. It used to be that, that football teams, you know, they, they, they didn't, Wednesday night, Sunday night, we left that alone. But yeah. now that's, you know, the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God has went on the back burner. I don't think that's, I don't think that's legalistic. No. Now, I do believe that there are times, okay, you know, you need to do some of these things. And I believe it's football is important for them. And I believe being involved in sports is important. I believe your boat is important. I believe yeah. having, you know, that the, the real gospel doesn't take your life. It gives you back your life. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, football can be a platform for you. That might be your slingshot to touch yep. people. Uh, your boat may be the platform to take young people fishing and get them away from the drug scene or whatever. All of that's important, but it's got to find a balance. Yep. Because what we, we've done is we've let everything else come before seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness when that ought to be the focus and the center of it. And then it doesn't take your life. It gives you back your life. Yep. 
Because the first thing you know, you know, if you don't, if you don't watch, you know, the first thing you know, the boat, the boat stole your heart. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, your children are the victims yep. and you're, 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 you know, they're in trouble because they haven't been someplace where they can hear the gospel. I'm talking about the real gospel. Yep. And again, I'm not trying to be legalistic about this. I'm just telling you there's some support systems that are important and vital. And it's not just about what you receive for yourself, but it's also about you being part of the body and a joint of supply. That now it's not just about you receiving, but about you becoming a dispenser of the kingdom. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, you know, growing up in ministry, we went to church more than just on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, and most of the time that's where churches are. They just have a Sunday morning, sometimes midweek. So there, it's not, for most people, it's not like you're in church all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of there's a lot more days left yeah. than just Sunday morning, and you know, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm very, I'm definitely not legalistic, and you know, from where I stand, I, you know, I, I really am just following. Our church is not even on Sunday. Our church is on Monday, so you know, people got to miss Monday night football. So, but 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 that being said, there is. Uh, you know, because we have grown up, we were in church, you know, growing up, we were in church a lot more than most people. There was still not, I, I don't feel like in my life I was ever robbed by church. You know, I, I, a matter of fact, there was many times there was a party in the house of God in a lot of places we went where there was a celebration. And I look at what we have received from that and say, man, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't trade that Nothing for... The world for, you know, uh, anything else, you know. Uh, I, I love what I have received in church. I love what I have experienced in those places. I understand there are people that did go to places that they were robbed from everything and they couldn't have an enjoyment outside of church. Yeah. I understand that. Like yeah. I said, I, I, I I, I'm not talking about you fasting for 40 days and all you got was hungry. Yeah. I'm talking about when you begin to really follow the voice of God, Very it good. will never leave you in a place where you feel robbed or empty or hungry, it'll leave you in a place, like I said, where that you will experience something far greater than if you would have just, if you had ignored the voice. You know, this really just boils down to following the voice of the Holy Spirit and hearing Him and being open to it. And as I guarantee you, you're not going to miss time on the boat. You're not going to miss time on the football field. You're not going to miss time, whatever other passion you have. Because uh, that might, like you said, that might be your slingshot. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, when we follow the voice of God and we hear from Him and we follow His leading, it's not going to leave us in a place where we miss something. It's going to leave us in a place where if we experience that and much more. Uh, I have, I, I, my life, like I said, my life is good. I feel like I am fulfilled in many things. I get to experience life, you know, in many ways. Most, a lot of people don't get to experience. That's been one of the, the blessings of this journey in Christ. But in the same regard, I don't feel like there's ever been a time. I, I was lucky that I didn't grow up very legalistic uh, like some people did. So there's never a time where I felt like church robbed me I've, I was I I can't look back and say there's many times where I fasted and was left hungry yeah. in the spiritual sense. Yeah. Uh, my my experience is, is that it's always been a following of the Holy Spirit and left fulfilled. Yep. Well, we're just out, about out of time, but man, what powerful series this has been. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, you appreciate what we're doing, get behind it. 
uh, with your finances. We do need your help. Uh, you can give via credit card by going to our website. There's a link there to donate and give. You can call the number on the screen. Somebody will take your call. Uh, you can become a partner and get a monthly regular debit. Uh, you can write to that number on the screen and include a generous check. Thank you for joining us each week on the program. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.